0: Welcome to another podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. You can find out more about CGI Burlington on our website at cgiburlington.org. We come to the sermon will be delivered to us by Deacon Jan Kowalczyk. Um, The title is "Ambassadors of Christ." Thank you, Brother Dylan. Good afternoon, everyone and welcome, Sister Jennifer. Thank you for coming and sharing this Sabbath day with us. So as you heard from my title, you probably know you probably know where I'm going to go with it. But just before we go there, let me tell you what actually inspired me to talking about this topic today. As you all well aware, Pastor Ramakan was just named the High Commissioner representing Jamaican government to Great Britain. And Great Britain as a big part of Commonwealth is a very prestige function that he's going to be carrying on for next few years. And you know, what a great privilege for him. And also we should be joyous that somebody from our church is, is, you know, with such a high level of authority. And at the same time, he's not afraid to hide his beliefs and his feelings to his prime minister. Actually, is the one setting the conditions that he will do this job if, and there is points of, on the list that he demands, they will never, ever interfere with his Sabbaths, even though there is an official state visit, he wants to have this day for himself. So he's a great man with a great political career and also a great career in a church. And, you know, as you know, in the Bible, our relationship with God is described in many ways in many functions. You know, one of the functions is being ambassadors. Well, I'm just going to show you some examples from the Bible. If you open your Bible from, to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, you know, it's the word that is in many, many times in the Bible. It's one of the relationships that, you know, is in the Bible. And it's, you know, we are slaves of, slaves of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and in verse 22, I'll give you some time so we can flip the pages. And please, if I go too fast, if I go, just let me know. Last your hand and I'll slow down. Because in my nature, I always like to go a little bit faster than than I desire. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and in verse 22. For he who is called in the Lord's while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. So basically what Paul is telling us here, that even though we might think we are free, but technically speaking, God is our owner. God is creator of everything, and God is the one who created us. And in his view, and many times in the Bible, this term slave is used throughout the Old and New Testament. We are his slaves. Whether we like it or not, we are his slaves. Let me give you another example. Go to John chapter 15, and it's one of my favorites. In this case, Christ is talking to his disciple and at the same time to us. He describes us as God's friends, as his friends. John chapter 15, and just two verses. Look at verse 14. It says right here, you are my friends. Verse 14, John 15. If you do whatever I command you. So there is the qualifier. you want to be my friend, I want you to do what I command you to do. And no longer I do call you servants or a slaves, for, for a slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I hear from my father I have made known to you. There is a difference There is. He says, now I'm going to let you know my will, and I'm going to call you my friends. So it's not like a slave that did not know my plans. You don't know where I'm going from here. I'll tell you, I will share my plans, and I will call you My friends, so that's just one of the other examples that shows in the Bible our relationship that we have with God. Let's go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. The other term or the relationship described is we are all children of God. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. Galatians chapter three and verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So as of the results of it, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you, all, for you, all, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So that's another relation that is described in the Bible that we have with our father, we have with Jesus Christ. Now, and there are many others. I don't have time to go through it because I want to spend my time to explore what's the relation that is described by Paul, the scripture that we just heard, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go there one more time and just read it a little bit slower. Paul says, we are as ambassadors. For Christ. 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So on this particular subject, I want to spend the rest of my time that I have for today. And Daniel, can you check the clock when I started approximately? So I tend to go over my time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And one more time. Just go start from verse 14. For the love of Christ compel us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. No exceptions. All died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. There's no selfishness anymore. We don't just live for each other. As much as we have to support our families, our brethren, our church, and our societies, we don't live for each other. We live for Christ. Verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard nowhere according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him, thus no longer. What does it mean? We study a lot from Jesus Christ when he walked on this earth as a human being. But Paul is saying, this part is gone. He's no longer walking with us in a human form. He's leading his church in a spiritual form. And he's got a different body. He lives in a different realm than we do. Look up to this, where he is right now. Let this motivate you. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, keep it in your mind. If you are in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God. Who has, what did he do? Reconcile us to himself through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the mediator. And through Christ, we carry on the same objective. And given us the ministry, we carry the same objective of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. And has committed us the word of reconciliation or the word of restoration. That is our job now. Christ finished his job. Now It's our job to do the same thing what Christ did. Verse 20. Because of this mission, because of this function that we have in this word. Verse 20 says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Or high commissioner for Christ, which is the same term. As though God... We're pleading through us, through church. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So let's take the scriptures apart. And, you know, look at all this definition and things like that. Let's see if we can understand this a little bit better. What Paul is trying to convey to the Corinthian church. And as I said, you know, Pastor Ramakan, when you think about him, to receive a personal offer from a Prime Minister if he would be willing to represent a little nation of few million dollars, few million dollars, a few million people, a little nation, Jamaican nation of a few million people, to represent as one person in Great Britain as a high commissioner. It is a great office. Can you imagine this? Now you put yourself An ambassador church for Christ, okay? You represent the king of the entire universe. Not just the nation of a few million people. Okay? You represent the king of the universe. What a privilege is that? It's a great privilege. It's a great honor. But guess what? The great privilege and honor comes comes great responsibility, right? Huge responsibility. How do you get this job of high commissioner? How do you get this job? You know, for older ones, you go to the newspapers, you know, you look at the ads and see what jobs are available. No, we're not going to find it. For the younger ones, you go online and do the search. I want to become ambassador. And you start to search ambassador. What are you going to find? None. How do you get this job? You have to be appointed. You have to be appointed by a high ranking official and it's usually government, usually the Prime Minister. Just think about it. You have to be appointed. You can't just go and choose to say, Sir, or you know, ma'am, I have the right qualification to do this job. Oh really? I don't care. I don't care. You have to be appointed. Only by appointment. Now, go to Gospel of John. And just think about what we're saying as we read some scriptures that come to mind. John chapter 15. The same chapter we were before. John chapter 15. And look here at verse 16. We stop at verse 15. Just keep reading verse 16. Look what Christ is saying to his disciples. You did not choose me. By appointment only. You did not choose me. But I chose you. And I appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit. And then your fruit shall remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you as long as you do god's work and you're representing his kingdom he will provide for you whatever you need whatever you ask him not your personal wishes what i want what i need what i desire as long as you stay with the program and you work for his kingdom he will provide whatever you need for it okay let me give you a little bit of history. Some of you may not know, and Pastor Marcon is not willing to share his personal accomplishment in front of a church, but I know personally. He represented Jamaica as a consul general here in, in Toronto for over almost six years. He did many wonderful things for Jamaica as he was present here in Canada. He was such a great official, he was such a great diplomat. That even the government changed in Jamaica. There was an election. The government changed in Jamaica. And automatically when the government changed, you resign your office, you resign your post. And either if you don't resign, you'll be recalled. It's just a matter of weeks. You'll be recalled. In a matter of weeks, he actually said the letter of resignation. The government did not approve it. He says, we want you to stay a little bit longer. Different party, different idea, different government. Ask him to stay in the office for whatever reason. He was bearing the fruits that was beneficial to the country of Jamaica. And they insist that he stay a little bit longer and finish his job. In the world of politics, this is almost impossible in any other way in shape. Because as soon as the government finishes its term, the other government comes in. They all appoint their old friends, their old bodies, and everybody in all these high places. It might take time, months. It might take six months, even to a year. But the change is happening. So Pastor Ramakan was able to stay another two years under different regime, different government, perform his function as a consular general of Jamaica because he showed some very good fruits what he can do. Not just be a corrupt politician and live off government expense and have fun, he actually worked hard, really hard, to promote Jamaica and try to improve the simple lives of Jamaican people in Jamaica through education and other means. Go to John 17. John 17. And look at verse 18 here. The same concept. How we get this job? Can you apply for it? It's by appointment only. Verse 17, 18. As you send me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sake I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. And as you read the Gospel of John, the concept comes over and over and over again. So, let's go to the basic now. What is an ambassador? What is just the simple definition of ambassadors? So we can really understand what, tried, what Paul is trying to tell us here. And can we connect it, you know, all these terms together? So, let's look at the, let's read the quickly definition. I just put it here, so, of all of you who are taking notes, it might be a little bit easier. You don't have to listen to me. You can just write it down. I'll give you some time for it. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is an official envoy, especially a highest-ranking diplomat, who represents a state and is usually accredited to another sovereign state or to an international organization as the resident representative of their government. What it means by international organization, like Prime Minister Justin Trudeau appoint ambassador to the United Nations, which is in New York, so that's what, that's what it means, that international organization. United Nations is one of the many of international organizations that Canada always appoints an ambassador. Now, an ambassador is the ranking government representative sta- stationed in foreign capital. So the host country typically allows the ambassador control of a specific territory called an embassy, whose territory, staff, and vehicle are generally afforded diplomatic immunity in the host country. Do we all understand what is diplomatic immunity, right? We all have an idea. Okay. Can you then show a picture here? I just want to see you. This is Washington, D.C. There is right Canadian embassy in front of the American government Capitol Hill. And usually the embassy is very close located to the government, right, of the country. Right, because the ambassador is the mediator between the Canadian government and the American government. All these issues go through him, right? Now, this building here in Washington, D.C., this building, including defense and territory, is the property of Canada. Once you cross the gate, you're technically speaking, you're in Canadian territory. And the American authority cannot touch you. Then they cannot walk you. The police cannot chase you there. They cannot walk you and, you know, drag you out of it. Now we are on the Canadian territory. Some of, you, some of you probably see some movies when you know some running to American embassy, across the gate that said it's over. No one, no police, nobody can go in, walk in and arrest anybody there. That's diplomatic immunity. Any, any ambassadors cannot be charged. Doesn't matter what crime, whatever they commit, they cannot be charged. They can only be expelled to the country of origin. That's how high office it is as an ambassador. Now, as an ambassador to the Jewish you represent your own country. Doesn't matter what country it is. All expenses, everything is covered by government, including trips, expenditures, moving expenses, operating expenses, salaries, your staff, your car, your driver, you namely everything is covered by the government that sends you there to do your job. You don't have to worry about anything. As long as you do the duty, as long as you perform the job, as well as you're supposed to be, everything, every single expense is covered. Now, why is this so important? I want you to read one of my favorite gospels, which is Luke 2. Just go to Luke chapter 5. And let's just read a story here. Quick story about Peter. Right at the beginning of Jesus Christ's ministry, and look at chapter 5, look chapter 5, and look at verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. As I mentioned, as we're going to read the story, as I mentioned that when you do the duty of, ambas- of ambassadors, all the expenses I covered, by your government, right? Just keep reading. He's trying to teach his disciple what's going to happen. When he had stopped, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, "Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch." Okay. Simon, Simon is, ex, ex, you know, experienced fisherman. He spent many nights, he spent many days fishing. Verse five. But Simon answered and told him, "Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. We tried, doesn't work. Not today, we caught nothing. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. At your will, at your word, I will let down the net." But he was obedient. He says, I know there is no fish. But you say it, I will do it. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their nets was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. So they began to sink. What the reaction of Simon Peter? When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am... A sinful man. Oh Lord. He got the picture. If Christ sends you on a mission. He will provide for you. No question asked. You don't have to worry. I'll just keep reading. To the end of the story. For he and all who were with him. Were astonished at the catch of fish. Which they had taken. And so also were James and John. The son of Zebedee. Who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to the, And Jesus said to Simon. Do not be afraid. From now on. You will catch man. So when they had brought their boats to land. They forsook all. They forsook all and followed it. Now they got. Now they got it. We can spend all day and cut nothing. We can spend 50 minutes and catch all of it. That's going to provide for everything. For my own expenses. And for the expenses of the kingdom. If God will send you in a mission. If you're doing God's God's will. He will provide for that mission. That is not yours. Simple. Just simple. Now, so we know what the ambassador does. What are the duties? What are the, the responsibilities of an ambassador? And, you know, we can look at online and find many different things, but it's very simple. It's very simple. What are our duties ambas- as ambassadors? It's actually exactly the same. The responsibility of, ambas- of, of, of the ambassador are to safeguard, safeguard, protect, and promote the image, reputation, and interest of the standing sending state. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And we have to do the same thing while we're stepping here, here on this earth. The same thing. And remember, we're not just the ambassador of Jamaica or ambassador of, you know, Great Britain, ambassador of Canada. We're ambassador of King of Universe. King of the universe, king of all the countries, all the nations, all the races, all the languages, king of all, and we are his ambassadors. It's hard to imagine. Who are we to have such a role and such a function? But this is one of the functions that we should be performing. Now, let's go to Luke 10. Speaking about the work of the kingdom. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. After, all, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his, before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. When God sent them directly for a mission, how much money they had to raise... How much money they had to get from the bank account. How much provision they had to get for the journey. None. Right? Skip down to verse 3. It says, go your way. Behold, I send you as lamps among the walls. That's the scripture that you read today with the young people. He says, if you're on my mission, carry neither money back, knapsacks, nor sandals, and regard no one along the road. You're on a mission. And I will provide everything. You read the rest of the story here. But basically what it says, I'll take care of you. I'll give you the power. I'll give you the authority. I'll provide for you as long as you go and do my mission. This is it. Right? Let's go to Luke chapter 12. Just a few pages over. Luke chapter 12. Very well known scripture. Luke chapter 10 and verse 22. Luke chapter 12 and verse 22. He said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. If you do my job, I will protect you. If you will try to do your own job, you'll be on your own. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, not about the body, what you will put on. When Pastor Ramakan goes to, to London, London, you won't have to worry about any single thing of that. Everything will be provided here for you. From a secretary, from the staff to the car to the flying expenses, to money, to, to, you know, printing machines, to every single thing will be all provided. You just do the job as best as you can. We want you to do the same job as you did for us here in Toronto. This is it. If you're not going to be do, doing a good job, we'll recall you. We'll call you back. We'll replace you. That's what it is. Life is verse 23. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for, neither, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God's, and God's feed them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? You even are not able to do the, to do the, the least. Why are you anxious for the rest? Why are we anxious for something that is not in our control, when instead we should be worrying and be getting busy, doing the God's kingdom will, and then God will provide whatever we need. Just keep down to verse 35. Christ says, but let your waist be girded and your lamp burning. And you yourself be like the men who wait for their master. When he will return from the wedding, then when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. And we're not going to read all of the story. Just keep to verse 40 for the time's sake. Therefore, you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. But just go down to verse, go up to verse 32. I skipped this verse for a purpose, and I love this verse. The same chapter, but verse 32. Do not fear, little flock. Do not fear, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Don't look at the millions, billions of people, whatever they're doing. Whatever, how busy they are. And, you know, we know it can be destructive. It can be very destructive because you look what happened in France this week. Over 80 people die for no reasons. Hundreds are injured. Look what is happening in Turkey right now. And we don't know how this conflict is going to escalate. We still don't know. It can be a bloody civil war. We don't know yet that can influence All the neighborhood around them. Do not worry. Worry about the kingdom first. Everything else. As long as you represent me in the right way. Everything else will be added to you. Just get busy about the work for the kingdom. Don't look at the distractions. Get busy doing the job. Give you one more. First John chapter four. First John chapter four. First John chapter four and verse five. See, as you're looking at what's happening everyone around you, John is saying. They are of the word, therefore the speakers of the word, and the world hears them. When some people can't understand you what you're talking to them, it's okay. They're part of the world. They don't hear you, they can hear you. They're busy about their own lives, they're busy about their own things, they're busy about their own careers, they're busy about the world, stealing money, cheating, naming whatever you want to have. Have fun. Have sex. Have all of these things. And they're never satisfied, they're never pleased. Don't worry about it. Verse 6, we are of God. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And why worry? Look at verse 4. You are of God, little children, and and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 80 people my day in France. Thousands of people my day in Turkey we don't know. And probably thousand people have died from here until Christ come. Maybe millions. Don't worry. They'll never be able to overcome you. Why? Because Christ overcame the world already. Have this faith. Have this confidence. And just move on. Do the job of the kingdom. That's it. So as you can see, our mission as ambassadors, the purpose of our life should be the same. Carry the ministry of reconciliation, initiated by our king. And, you know, as ambassador, as ambassador of Christ, we're representing his kingdom. So, you know, if we have the God's Holy Spirit, then we have access to the same spirit. We have the same family. We have the same body. And I want you to, I, I talk about the immunity. Let's look here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 for a moment. Second Corinthians chapter 3. The world around you may fall apart. You may see dead body all over the place. Everything will look like hopeless. But if you got child, you have God's, God's Holy Spirit, and you know where you're going. Second Corinthians chapter three. And look at verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We are at free, brethren, no matter where we are, no matter where we live. If you have God's spirit and if you're doing his will, you have this liberty. You have this freedom already. It doesn't matter what kind of society you live, whether it's a communism or whether it's a capitalism, doesn't matter. you have God's spirit, you're free. You're already liberated. Don't worry what the people are doing around you. Don't get all these distractions in your life. You know, all these movements and everything. Don't get distracted. Follow God and his mission. So as ambassador, we represent God's kingdom to the best of our abilities, right? To the best of our abilities. So how can we do this job? Um, I'll give you a few tips. I was thinking about it. What kind of, you know, and me, myself too, not just, you know, I'm so bonded to know everything. You know, we all struggling for the same reasons, right? But let me, let me give you some tips. How to be the best ambassadors we can be. Follow Pastor Ramakant's footsteps. Okay? Point number one. Point number one. We should only speak the words of the king. Period. Don't ever forget that our constitution is the Bible. We cannot change it we cannot amend it we cannot add to it we cannot take away from it and jesus doesn't doesn't jesus does not require anything more from you just to stick to his word don't have to make anything you don't have to make it more complicated than it than it is just stick to his word i give you one example from jeremiah's life when he was called to the ministry. He was just a little young shy boy. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1. What happened when you are obedient and you want to follow God's footsteps? Jeremiah chapter 1. And you look here at verse 6. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 6. Then I said... Jeremiah speaking of his house. Oh Lord God, behold, I'm shy, I'm not so much well educated. You know, I cannot speak, for I'm just a young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I to whom I will send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their face. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Nothing more, nothing less. My words in your mouth. Don't worry about anything else. How intelligent you are, how creative you are, what a great speaker you are, what a great speaker you're not. Speak the words of the King. And how often it is that, as Brother Gore, we were talking today, you were talking to the young people, how many people comes across that just walk in and they bring so many new truths, new ideas into the church, right? Oh, I don't believe this anymore, or I think this. When Christ says stick to my words, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you believe. Just stick to my words. Point number 2. We should only be concerned with the interest of the king. Think about it. We should only be concerned with the interest Of the King. Go to John Chapter Six. Let's see if we can learn something from Christ. John Chapter Six and Verse Thirty Eight. John Chapter Six and Verse Thirty Eight. Jesus Christ's words, in my Bible that are in red. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's it. I skipped my lunch, I skip my supper today. It doesn't matter. I'm doing the will of my Father who sent me. I'm only concerned with the interest of my king who sent me here on this earth. We should have the same approach, the same idea. Go back to John chapter 5. And to the gospel of John. Many, many, many wonderful scriptures like that. John chapter 5 and verse 19. John chapter 5 and verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, The son can do nothing of of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. That's it. He didn't do something extraordinary. He did exactly what the father told him to do. From the beginning to the end. And, you know, many times it's so easy for us to lose our perspective. To lose this focus, this end line, and you know, and Satan will throw many things, you know, into our personal lives, sickness, family, all kind of distractions, just to take us off the ball, you know, take the, you know away from from the final destination. And you know, if we're not careful, when we spend more time that we need trying to, you know, fix our personal lives and our personal problems. It might even take longer to come up of the hole We just say, God, into your hand, I commit everything. Let me do your job and just let me walk the way you want me to walk. You take the care of everything else. And, you know, I know it's easy. It's easy because, you know, things can happen everywhere everywhere, and, you know, in our lives. One day, you know, we are happy and, you know, and we do whatever we want to do. And the next day, everything can change just like this. And we might not even be aware of it, right? So, that's the way, that's the life. Now, let's go to the next point. Point number three. You should only be speaking on behalf of his government, on behalf of his kingdom. And we so often forget about that. We should only be speaking on behalf of his government. John chapter 14 John chapter 14 and verse 10 Do you not do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me the words that I speak to you I do not I do not speak on my own authority But the Father who dwells in me does the work. That should be the same our attitude. The Holy Spirit who dwells in us, that's what we do. That's what we represent. John chapter 7. John chapter 7. And look at verse 16 and 17. John chapter 7. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not, is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine. If he do God's will, he will know his doctrine. Whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. That's it. Period. And so simple. And you know, how often do we hear, I'm not saying it's, it's a completely wrong, but how, how often we hear that, you know, oh, you know, in my own opinion, I think this. Or in my own opinion, you know, oh, actually, I disagree with it because in my own opinion, I think this and that and that. You know, imagine, imagine Pastor Ramakan goes and he's called to the, let's say, to the government office. And he would say, what is your government stance on this? And Pastor ramakan would say, our government stand, stands on this, is this, and this, and this. But you know what? In my personal opinion, I think that's wrong. What would happen to Pastor ramakan Who will be recalled right away. This, is, this job is not for your opinion. This job is to represent our government, our government policies, and this job. This job, you make sure that you clearly communicate to the Great Britain government what we stand on so many other different issues. That's it. There's no place for, you know, what is your opinion on, you know, what is your thoughts about it? You know, what do you think about this? What do you think? What's the best way to do this? No, this is not a job for you to do something like that. You already have your policy set before you. That's how we act. That's what you do. And if you don't, It's not just your job at risk. You can jeopardize the entire relationship between the two countries. Not just your job. The relationship between two countries. That's how important it is. There's no place for your opinion there. Point number four. We should maintain an open line of connection and communication with the king. We should maintain an open line of connection And communication with the king. If there is any policy changes. Pastor Ramakan will be the first one to know. We passed a law. This is what it is. It takes effect on this day. This is what is required of you. Okay. How we keep this open like communication. How do you stay connected with your king? How do you stay connected? Prayer. And then study his policy. Right. Study the Bible. Prayer. Study the policy. Prayer. Study the policy. If you're not sure, pray and study. Study and pray. I'll give you the proper answer. You'll know that you'll know what your government required of you. What is your role to pass on to the society that you live? And you know is your ambassador in any embassy? You have a straight direct, light connections to any government official you want, and is absolutely secure. What I mean secure, no one can listen to the conversation that you have, let's say, with the prime minister or the president or whoever it may be. When you require something happen, something urgent, you get on the phone and you say, I need to speak to the prime minister as soon as I can. Whether it be night, whether it be day, if it's something important, prime minister will call you right back in a true secure line. That's how important this job is. And brethren, we have the same thing. Our line is open. It's secure. We don't need a software. So, you know, we'll corrupt the conversation that we have. It goes straight to the Almighty God through Jesus Christ. And if you want to understand the policy, if you want to understand the constitution of the kingdom, it's right here in your Bible. Spend some time. And you don't have to say, in my opinion is this, or in my opinion is that. You say, God says this, God says that. God's commandment is this, God's commandment requires that. Don't try to go to the left, don't try to go to the right. Go to Luke chapter 6. <clears throat> Speaking about prayer here and making important decisions. How, how crucial it was to Jesus Christ? Luke chapter 6, look at verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continue all night in prayer to God. What he was praying about, he was about to make one of his most important decisions on this planet. He spent all night to pray. What decision? Verse 13. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. He didn't just walk by and say, you know, you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Oh, you look nice. Come here. Oh, hey, you know, you're awesome. Come here. He prayed all night. All night to his father, I want you to know what is your will. What man are you going to give it to me? And the next day he was able to do it. The question now. How often we go into a prayer before we make decisions in our life? How often we go to a brother and sister and share and say, you know, like brother or sister, I'm going to do some very important decision in my life. I don't know where it's going to lead me. I don't know how big or how small it is. Help me. Can you pray for me? I'm gonna make this decision probably this week. Help me. How often we do it? Sometimes we don't realise we make the decisions in our lives that affect everybody and then we realize, oops, too fast, too early, now it's affecting everybody. I hurt some people along the way. Maybe some people are not so happy. Then we go to God and pray and say, Father, just correct what I did, you know. All this mistake that I did, just please correct it for me. You see what I'm saying? Jesus Christ, you go and you see his prayer life, the night before he actually died. Spent almost whole evening, whole entire evening by prayer. We as ambassadors, we should do the same, exactly the same thing. Pray and pray and pray just to, just to see in many single decisions. How, we, how it's going to affect us. How it's going to affect other people. How it's going to affect my church. How profitable it will be for everybody. We're not just for ourselves here. as We just read in the other scriptures. Let's go to Ephesians. I'll show you from the life of Apostle Paul. Ephesians chapter 6. Of all these people. This guy is fully educated. Full, full of Holy Spirit. He doesn't need anybody. He doesn't need anybody. He can just go and storm the world by himself. Ephesians chapter 6. And that's his advice. To all of us. Ephesians chapter 6. At verse 18. Just breaking into the context. It says. Praying always. Not just sometimes. Praying always. With all prayer and supplication. In the spirit. Being watchful. To this end, with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Not just about you. For all the saints. Look at the next verse. Educated, guide, full of the Holy Spirit. In verse 19 he says, and for me. I need your prayer. For what? And for me, that utterance may be given to me. That, that I may open my mouth boldly. To make known the mystery of the gospel, even Paul says, "You know, pray." So, you know, in a situation when there is a conflict or something, I could be bold and preached the message of the kingdom. How often we pray for that? That we have the same boldness that we're going to face and talk to some people. How often we do this? And I have one more scripture. Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2 to 4. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Continue, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us. That God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chain. Paul needed to, to ask brethren to pray for him. God already opened the doors for him. He could go any door he wanted to. Now he says, I want you to pray that I will go through the right door that God specifically designed it for me. And have the boldness to preach what God is requiring him to preach. And the last point. Point number five. We should be carrying out the policies already established by the king. We should be carrying out the policies already established by the king. No one is expect. God God does not require you to write, you know, the new manual, the new constitution. The new book of law. The guy is not required to figure it out. What is your relationship? How you should behave? How you should be dressed? You already know that. We don't have to be. Trying to be genius. And trying to figure it out. Or trying to change everything. Look what Christ said in Matthew. You all know this verse. It's very familiar. It's very common to us. to Sabbath keeping. Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17. Jesus Christ himself is saying here, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. This is not my job. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And brethren, it's our job too. We are not here to destroy God's law. We are not here to try to get away of God's law. Try to find any fine points. Trying to get away from God's law. Or nullify some of his commandments. That's not our reason why we're here. And in Revelation chapter 22. It's also well will note scripture here. let's just remind us at the end of the book, at the end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, and in verse 19. And if anyone, Revelation chapter 22, verse 19. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which... Are written in this book. Or basically. You will be recall. My friends. As soon as possible. If you don't do my job. If you try to cheat around. With my policies. I will recall you. Personally. And the way you probably not going to like it. Not going to like it. So. You know when my time is Daniel. Any idea. About time to finish. In conclusion, so speaking in diplomatic words, right? As I said it, as I mentioned after the beginning, every government provides everything for his ambassadors, no matter where they send them. A place to live, a place to perform all the official duties, office, home, car, buildings, clothing. Stuff, you name it, from paper, electricity, every single thing will be provided for you. Let's read the scriptures one more time, but this time not in Luke, but in Matthew. One more time and put a new perspective into it. Matthew chapter 6. Just look at this scripture. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31. I'll just look at the same that you read in Luke. But now from the, from the hand of Matthew. Verse 31. Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. That's a simplicity. That's a simple, that's a basic. Your father knows that you need this thing. If you do, if you carry out my job, I'll provide for all you need, no matter what you need. If you need have if you have any doubts like Peter, see what happened to Peter. Oh I can't catch anything. I was there a spender all night I couldn't do anything. Peter, try it one more time. Have trust in me. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about all these people. Don't worry and speculate. Every single election. Every single time. Economy. 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 You know. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to go? How does the economy perform? How is the stock market? How are all these things are doing? You know. How are we going to live? Be able to retire. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. And we have examples in the Bible. God will take care of you. And I know that many of us. You know, even me now, I've been here for over, I don't even know, 20-something years. It's very easy to get used to good things. It's very easy to get used to democracy, right? You know, we are encouraged to think for ourselves. You know, we are encouraged to have our own opinions. You know, we are encouraged, like, you know, have a referendum, like Great Britain. You know, it's a policy. Let's have a referendum for and against. And that's what the mentality we're bringing to the church. But the kingdom and democracy are two different things. We have to realise as ambassador of Christ, you know it's good to have your own opinion, but keep it to yourself. If you speak, speak what's in there. Don't try to confuse your any brothers and sisters when it comes to what's in here if you're not so sure about it. There's nothing wrong to ask questions. Let me close today with the last scripture, Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And verse 20. Keep this thing always in your mind. Philippians 3 verse 20. For our citizenship... You know, we might carry all different citizenship. But our main citizenship is in heaven. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why are we waiting for him? Verse 21. Who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. According to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. He is able to subdue not some things. he's is able to subdue all things to himself. And what a privilege it is to be a first fruit. May God be with you, brother. This has been a podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. We hope you are blessed by it. To find out more about CGI Burlington, visit our website at CGIBurlington.org.